You are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. everybody welcome back to the dynasty run i'm your host michael Bauer, the best in the business once again back in business joined as always by my faithful co-host nate professor christian nate are you ready to rank it up yes i am because football is over mike mm. football is over the super bowl just happened the season is officially over yeah and the off season has officially started as of today speculation season's underway Actually, I don't know if it officially started. I think there's actually a couple of days until it officially starts. But for us, it unofficially starts today. I mean, our offseason started in week 18. To be <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like one page is turned. It's There's no blank pages there for Dynasty Fantasy football <laughs> players. It's like on to the next one. We already start looking oh. ahead. That's what we do. So, you know, we got, a, we got a draft coming up, an NFL draft, and that means that you have rookie drafts coming up too which means you need to know how to value and rank and tier and prioritize your players. So today we're talking about some rookie draft rankings. Um, you got a top 25. You gave a bonus one. You didn't just go two rounds Threw an extra one in there. And Nate, I do want to tell everyone that here at the dynasty round, we do tiered base rankings. We do. So it's because we believe in value so much. And yes. the reason we do tier ranking is a little preface is Mike, there is really no practical, except for in literally a startup draft, uh, reason to rank one player over another if I kind of have them the same. Like, for example, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, you know, have been that wide receiver one or who's the wide receiver one argument. I think at this point, it's kind of obviously Justin Jefferson. But Jamar Chase is certainly up there, especially in Dynasty, where, you know, the, the youth is so valued. But if I'm trading, if I'm in a league already and I have Justin Jefferson, someone offers me Jamar Chase in the first for Justin Jefferson, I'll take that. You know, it, you might if you think Justin Jefferson's a wide receiver one, maybe you're you feel like, hey, I'm I'm going down, downgrading, and, and I shouldn't even use a first because that's a little bit ridiculous. But say a second, even I'm adding value to my team and getting a comparable player. Yeah, I don't really feel like I'm missing out going from Justin Jefferson to Jamar Chase, and to use you know, other players that maybe aren't quite so high, um, you know, maybe you have Kyler Murray and Jordan Love in the same tier. And maybe you prefer one because it's, you know, but if if you have them kind of in the same tier, then whoever you can pick up at a better value and get something maybe on top of, it's the better thing for your team. Maybe it doesn't feel as good if you maybe prefer one player to the other. But if you look at their fantasy production, you expect them to be rather similar. Going back to what we said last podcast, I know enough to know that I don't know everything. I cannot predict the future. I can give you my best idea of what the future is. I can do a lot of research and I can look into the analytics, the numbers, the tape, and tell you what I think. And I feel like we have a really good opinion around here, but we don't know what's going to happen. So let's take the best odds. And if I can get a player that I think has similar projections for something on top, that's why we do tier-based rankings because we want to create the best team. Well, then let's start it off. Who's in your first tier? I think these are... This is pretty, I don't want to say chalk, but we know who the top guys are, the top two at least. Yeah. For me, the top tier is two guys. It is Caleb Williams and it is Marvin Harrison Jr. Now, Caleb Williams, he is my quarterback one. I know some people want to put Drake May up there. 
Mike, you included. I know some people want to put Jaden Daniels up there. It is kind of a pick your, pick your flavor thing at the top of the quarterbacks right now. But for me, Caleb Williams, he's the guy that we've seen do it for three years at the college level. He is the one who was also doing it at a really, really high level coming out of high school. Um, to be fair, the other guys were as well. But Caleb Williams was the number one quarterback recruit in that class. He is the number one draft prospect at the quarterback position in this draft class. Caleb Williams, what he has been able to do for the last three years, I know there's the fumble issues. I'm aware of that. He plays a little bit of hero ball. But tools-wise, the production that he's had, he is the quarterback one for me. And then Marvin Harrison Jr., a lot of the same things can be said about him. Um, also one of the top guys coming out of high school. He has shown up for us throughout his college career. Um, his freshman season didn't get on the field a ton until the bowl game. But once he got in the bowl game, he went off, had three touchdowns. I actually think he had more than that. Um, Mike, if you could just check real quick, what was Marvin Harrison's game stats for the bowl game that he played in 2021? I'd really appreciate if you could bring that up. It was against Utah, and he actually dominated against them. Um, and then he showed us the next two years uh, just how good he could be. And look, Marvin Harrison Jr., Caleb Williams, whoever you're picking at the 101, whether it's Superflex or not, um, I'm happy with both these guys being on my team as a cornerstone piece that I can really build around. And I understand there's love for some other wide receivers, but Marvin Harrison Jr., I do still believe is in the tier of his own, just like Caleb Williams. And this is why they're the two guys in my tier one. So against Utah, six catches, 71 yards, and three touchdowns. He did also have one tackle and four assisted tackles. <laughs> what? It's a lot of interceptions, I guess. He must have been playing special teams, I would imagine. Yeah. So. All right, Mike, ready for tier two? I was born ready for tier two. All right. Well, Drake, May, and Jaden Daniels are the quarterbacks here in tier two. And we've talked about these guys pretty good a bit as well. Uh, Drake May coming out of North Carolina. Jaden Daniels coming out of LSU. Both had a really good season this year. Jaden Daniels, Heisman winner. And what he brings to the table uh, on the ground through his rushing ability is very, very impressive. Drake May, not a bad athlete himself, doing a lot of rushing himself over at North Carolina. Um, so we have two guys that can definitely run the ball. They can definitely throw the ball. We saw really good production from them in college. I just have a couple more question marks about these guys. Um, Drake May, question marks about his decision-making. Also, kind of can only throw to one side of the field um, based on the interception stats. Um, vast majority of interceptions, his interceptions came um, from – I'm sorry, Mike. I should know if it's the left or the right side of the field. I cannot remember. I believe it was the right side of the field. Um, so Drake May, he's going to be thrown to the left side of the field a lot in the NFL. Which is odd because he's right-handed. You would think, you would think. You the vision would just pan to that side. But And then uh, Jaden Daniels, who I think is very impressive. But the way he runs and he gets hit sometimes, he does not protect his body. Um, you know, someone on Twitter said it looks like he's a cartoon character when he gets hit because he gets thrown around. Um, yeah, Actually, so, Nate. The funniest thing I've seen is somebody on Twitter said Isaiah Pacheco runs like somebody that runs up the stairs on all fours. <laughs> Sorry, I know good. that's not related, but I just thought it was no, that's pretty good. Though. Um, so, yeah, we got Drake May, Jaden Daniels. I think they come into the NFL and they are probably, they're, they're definitely top 15 quarterbacks in our dynasty ranks uh, once they get drafted and we have good landing spots for them. Um, they, they all have a ton of upside. Um, you're happy picking up any of these guys. I think Jaden Daniels especially has a lot of upside, um, but also more risk, I think, with him than any of the other quarterbacks we've mentioned so far. So we got those quarterbacks, and then we got the wide receivers here. We got Malik Neighbors, and we got Rome Udunze, who I do think are in the same tier 
They're right below Marvin Harrison Jr. I'm happy, honestly, picking up either one. I do lean Malik Neighbors like a lot of people do. Yeah. Uh, but I am certainly not going to sit here and say that Romo Dunze isn't a different tier than Malik Neighbors. I know that's a pretty popular opinion right now. There's a lot of people that are hating on Rome. I don't know if it's because his dad is going around Twitter and just, you know, replying to anyone who mentions anything bad about him. But yeah. Romo Dunze is one of the best wide receivers that we've seen in the last two years in college football. Just his production, especially this year and his contested catch ability. We don't see guys that are usually that silky smooth with their route running who also win contested catches like he does and i think that combination you know mike i was talking about it the other night when we were uh, working on the show sheet together you know with wide receivers oftentimes you're looking for three things you're looking for contested catch ability you're looking for the ability to separate and you're looking to see if they can create yards for themselves after the catch now rarely you'll find guys that have all three and those are your studs and i think malik neighbors roma dunze fit into that category as well as Marvin Harrison Jr. But a lot of times you end up with guys who are just have the two and that's what you're looking for. But you can't find guys that just have the one. And Roman Dunze, like I said, checks multiple boxes for me. He has all three of those things. So he's in this top tier with Malik Neighbors, who obviously is another one of the top wide receivers in this draft class. And then rounding out this tier, Mike, because this is kind of a larger tier, five players in this tier, Brock Bowers. Right. Can't forget about Brock Bowers. I know he's a tight end, but he belongs in this tier too because he's barely a tight end. We have not seen tight ends like Brock Bowers before, especially in college, especially production-wise, especially on a national championship, two-time national championship team. Brock Bowers out there is a true freshman being the best player in their offense. The Georgia chose to throw the true freshman Brock Bowers over George Pickens. And he looked good as a true freshman. He's looked good his entire college career. Yeah. Honestly. He has. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Brock Bowers comes in as well, you know, as one of the, the top tight ends. You know, he's going to be highly valued, probably a top five tight end. Uh, we saw the Kyle Pitts hype. We saw the Sam Laporta hype, the, the Dalton Kincaid hype. True. Brock Bowers is going to fit that category. I completely agree. Yeah. You ready for the next tier? Ready for the next tier, Mike. All right. Right. So uh, we just got three players in this tier. We got Brian Thomas Jr. out of LSU. We got Troy Franklin out of Oregon, uh, the two wide receivers. And then I got Jonathan Brooks mentioned in here as well. So Brian Thomas Jr., I went back and watched even more film uh, this weekend. And I just keep falling in love with this guy. Um, as big as he is, like six foot three, six hundred, six four, two hundred five 205 pounds, he moves so well for a big player. He is so smooth with his route running. He can drop his hips. He can get in and out of his breaks. He can create separation through his route running, something we often don't see with these bigger guys who oftentimes are relying on contested catch. So once again, we go back to that triangle of things. Brian Thomas Jr., he fits the contested catch. He fits the, the route running and separation on some level. And then he also fits the arch of the catch on some level. Not as strong necessarily in those other two as Roma Dunze or Malik Neighbors, Marvin Harrison Jr., but Brian Thomas I really like the all-around skill set that he's brought to the table. He's really grown as a wide receiver in his time in college at LSU. And then Troy Franklin, who's also another guy that kind of fits all three of those boxes, just maybe not quite as well as the other guys. And his ability to get deep, he was very, very productive at Oregon the last two years with Bo Nix throwing him the ball, able to create plays down the field, win contested catch situations despite being a little bit thinner than some of these other guys we've talked about. Troy Franklin, I really like what he brings to the table. I'm not sure if he has as much upside, as Brian Thomas, but I think Troy Franklin has a better floor than Brian Thomas. 
Um, I think what Troy Franklin brings to the table with his route running, his separation ability, and his athleticism, you know what you're getting. You're getting a good wide receiver. But I don't know if Troy Franklin has that wide receiver one um, kind of potential. I do think Brian Thomas has that, but with a little bit more risk involved as well. Is there one you would prefer? Uh, I prefer Brian Thomas. Okay. I'll take the the upside with Brian Thomas Jr. And then uh, rounding out this tier, tier three, we have Jonathan Brooks, Mike. And I know you might be a little bit lower on Jonathan Brooks. And No, I'm still a fan. I'm still a fan. I understand, you know, tier three for Jonathan Brooks, this is more of a talent evaluation than necessarily where I'm drafting him because of the injury involved in just the unknown so far with landing spot and draft capital. Now, I'll have to keep going back into it until I see some more mocks out there. They're starting to populate the internet. But I just love the Dan Brogler, Jonathan Brooks to the Cowboys in the second round. If that happens, he stays in this tier. If he goes in the third round to maybe a less um, exciting landing spot, no, he's probably going to drop a tier or two down for me, to be honest. But, you know, hoping for the best here with Jonathan Brooks, who I really believe in, have him here at my tier three. And I think as the RB1 for this class, I think he comes in. Um, as long as he gets a decent landing spot, you know, it's probably going to be like a top 25 running back. If we have any news about him getting on the field sooner rather than later, I think he could crack the top 20. Yeah, I, Pretty I don't easily. that at all. There's not a lot of competition back there. No, not yet. And um, looks like we might not see a running back for a while in these rankings. I am kind of avoiding running backs at the top. But I, don't I, like, I really like Jonathan Brooks, but you're probably gonna, he's probably going to fall down to the next tier um, as long as he doesn't get the ideal landing spot. I don't think that's you necessarily saying the class is bad. I just think that's how you choose to build your teams as well. I know you like to build running back. I'm sorry, wide receiver and quarterback. And and all these running backs will move up my board as soon as I get some clarity from the NFL. Of course. Yeah. It's only February right now. Can't read their minds yet. So no, no, not yet. All right. So you ready to head over to tier four? Thinking about which rookies to target in your fantasy football draft? Look no further than the NFL Mock Draft Database. We are your home for all things NFL Mock Drafts by sourcing experts and analysts from all over the internet. NFL Mock Draft Database also offers users an ever-changing consensus player rankings to keep you informed on the incoming draft class as you build your dynasty team. Think you have what it takes to be a GM in the NFL? Give our free NFL Mock Draft Simulator a spin, which offers many features such as pick trading, historical draft years, and more. Join us at www.nflmockdraftdatabase.com or follow us on X at underscore mock drafts. Now that we're back, tier four, Mike, I got three wide receivers, a quarterback, and a tight end here. I like this tier a lot. I feel like this is, I almost want to call this a value tier because I feel like these guys, everyone that you have in here will be a good fantasy contributor at some point and where you're going to be drafting them just soaking up good value because what are we looking at what is this end of the first like early to mid second ish around there yeah and and some of these guys you know even though i might have them in my top 15 they might not be going top 15 in your rookie draft so there's always some some that is true there's one guy in here who i i feel like not everyone's caught on to yet not yet all right. Well, getting into the wide receivers, we got Xavier Worthy, who put up nearly a thousand yards as a freshman at Texas. Um, his speed is truly game breaking, and I, I really like Xavier Worthy. He, he, I was talking on a video recently with Bob 
I think I kind of fell into the narrative with Xavier Worthy that because he had such a good true freshman season, I expected him to continue to grow from there and basically become Marvin Harrison Jr. or something. And that's not fair to Xavier Worthy, who was just so good his freshman year that then I raised the bar to maybe an unrealistic uh, level for him. And and what Texas was going through with their quarterback situation with Quinn Ewers maybe not being quite as good as we were hoping for. So Xavier Worthy, he's really put together three consistent years of top-level production. You could argue that he's been one of the most consistent um, wide receivers um, in the NFL. I can't, I can't even finish that because um, he, he's got drop issues. And that's where my concerns come in with Xavier Worthy. But if yeah. you look at the stats, the, the drop percentage isn't really that bad. It's just the drops that he has feel bad because they're usually big plays down the field. And I think a little bit of that was just lacking – for some reason, the chemistry with Quinn Ewers, they were they looked like they were on a totally different page in 2022 at least. And we still saw that pop up in 2023. Yeah, I think uh Ewers missed a bunch of time in 22, yeah. and he missed some time last year as yeah. well. So yeah. moving forward, that's something that we need to think about when we're assessing Quinn Ewers as part of the 25 draft class as well. Yeah, let's see if we can see some improvement this year and be a bit more um, consistent with getting on the playing field. Yeah. And then his teammate, Xavier Worthy's teammate, Adonai Mitchell, another guy I love. I basically have these guys ranked equal, just kind of depending on what kind of mold you're looking for. Xavier Worthy, the speedy playmaker. Well, Adonai Mitchell is more of a contested catch, red zone threat. Um, I really like what he's done on the outside for Texas, transferred there from Georgia. And while he's not going to give you a lot after the catch, he's dominant in the red zone, uh, led the uh, Texas offense in red zone in, in touchdowns, receiving touchdowns. And what he brings to the table is just a chain mover. He's got some strong hands. He's physical through the catch. I like his route running. I think it's good enough where I'm comfortable taking him at the you know back end of the first in Superflex, um, the top of the second in Superflex. I think Adonai Mitchell, um, definitely a second rounder. Um, I don't think he's falling anywhere past that. I think he has a chance to be a late first rounder as well. He's got that kind of potential as a player that – can really change the game when you throw the ball to him. Um, no, not from that yards of the catchability, but from just you truck the ball to Adonai Mitchell, and he's he's good chance to come down with it. And teams are always looking for that X wide receiver that they can plug out there. That even if they're not the most explosive player, can can win those those battles in the air. So I really like Adonai Mitchell there. Um, and then perhaps my favorite wide receiver, Mike, Lad McConkey. It's just, I, I, I don't know. I guess I'm having a hard time with Lab McConkey, and I like what I see on film, but just not a super productive collegiate receiver. Well, he struggled to get on the field, and that's part of uh, the the medicals with him. They have to check out, and I think so far they are. I haven't heard anything popping back up as red flags for Lad McConkey. He had a he had a back injury that was kind of mess, messing with him for a while there. That's the tough one, yeah. I know, I know, it's tough, but when he's on the field. He was right up there with Brock Bowers as the Georgia offense. When he was on the field, he was over three three yards per route run, which there was only eight wide receivers in this draft class to meet that threshold. All of them are we've already talked about, um, or you know, are coming up in the next tier. So all of these wide receivers have been you know elite talents coming out of college. Led McConkey fits that, and he's one of the more polished route runners in this draft. He's great at creating separation, probably the best at creating separation, honestly. Um, in this draft class, in my opinion. And he creates yards after the catch. Um, he is quick. He is not that sneaky, 
athletic wide receiver. He is an athletic wide receiver. You don't have to worry about him being sneaky about it. You know he's athletic. He can get past people. He can run down the field. He can return punts. He's got all that versatility to him. And you give him the ball, good things are going to happen. So Lad McConkey in this tier for me, I'm happy picking him up at the late first, early second. I think that's good value for him. Okay. And then moving on to my quarterback here in this tier, I got J.J. McCarthy. I'm assuming J.J. McCarthy gets first-round talent, um, first-round draft capital. I, I This is what I've been hearing for a while now. I heard it coming into the season, honestly. And he, I know he didn't put up the best numbers, but he didn't do anything wrong this year. He played with the Michigan system, played it really well, won a national championship, went undefeated. Teams are going to like that experience that he's had over the last two years, being you know one of the top quarterbacks at a top program on a national scale. J.J. McCarthy is going to be a player that is liked more by NFL teams, I think, than the NFL media and fans because he doesn't have that production and maybe that moxie that maybe we're looking for for some of these quarterbacks. Because despite Michigan kind of being in the spotlight a lot this year, we haven't seen J.J. McCarthy in the spotlight a lot this year because he hasn't been like the focus of that offense. Yeah. But you go into the evaluation room, J.J. McCarthy, he makes a lot of the NFL throws you want to be made. He's got all the tools. He protects the ball. He knows how to run a pro system. He checks a lot of boxes for NFL teams. And I think the fantasy community is currently undervaluing that because, remember, it doesn't matter what you think. It matters what the NFL thinks. And that's I true. think J.J. McCarthy is a first-round quarterback. That's that's pretty much locked in at this point, I think. Um, and if he's a first-round quarterback, you can't let him drop too far into the second. You have him ahead of Bo Nix. Actually, I think I forgot to put Bo Nix on here. Would you like to take a moment and add him in this tier? I would. Um, Bo Nix is going to be up there in the uh, tier three, actually. Ah. With Brian Thomas, Troy Franklin, and Jonathan Brooks. Thank you, Mike. I don't know how I forgot about Bo Nix, but I apparently did. And Bo Nix, to talk about him real quick. Um, I I love how he processes. He's got arm talent. He's got the mobility. He's performed very, very well with Oregon the last couple of years. Very highly recruited out of high school as well. He's been around a while, so teams like that experience. I believe he has 63 started games in his career, 61 or 63, which I believe was an NCAA record that he broke this year with games started. He also started the Senior Bowl, to be fair. He did. So Bo Nix, someone I like a lot. Like I said in the last podcast, becoming a bit of a mock lock to the Broncos in the first round. So as long as he gets that first round draft capital, I'm not going to have a problem picking him up around the 108 to 111. I'm happy with that. Beautiful. But to jump back to my tier four, Mike, um, JT Sanders is the last guy in this tier. And I know it might be a little bit early for a tight end, but I played a lot of tight end premium leagues and I'm happy picking him up here. If you don't play in tight end premium, maybe he's in the next tier. But if you need a tight end, I think JT Sanders is a solid one to go get. He's a great blocker. He creates a lot of yards after the catch. And he's a big guy who can be physical through the catch. He's not going to let linebackers mess him up, and safeties are too small as well. Um, linebackers, they can fight with him, but he's such a good blocker that you can see it in his routes. You can see that at the catch point. He's got that physicality. He's not afraid to mess it up with a defender. And then you add the yak ability on top of that. He was one of the top tight ends in the NCAA this year in yak after the catch. So yak after the catch is a little bit repetitive. Yards after the catch. So I really like what he brings to the table. I think he's being kind of slept on a little bit because he's a tight end and he's not Brock Bowers, but I'm still more than happy to pick him up mid-second and or definitely early second in tight end premium if, if I need a tight end. I like this tier. The only guy I'd probably add in here is Ben Sinnott. 
personally. Like Benson it that much. I do. I actually uh I graded him out today. I, I was able to do that. And I got two scouting reports done at work today. I'm really not happy that they're making me do my actual job <laughs> there. Uh, no, it's when it's slow, my boss doesn't care. But uh, he is um he is graded right now as my tight end too. All right. It's not like a massive, massive gap. Um, but yeah, he's my tight end too. But uh, I still do like JT Sanders. That's not me knocking him at all. I just like Ben yeah. Sinnott a little bit better. Um, yeah. And like I said, if you're not in tight end premium, I think JT Sanders probably falls to the next tier. Well, why don't you tell us about this next year? This is tier five. I see some some guys that we could say are early fallers. Some yeah. question marks here. I know one of these guys had a, I guess you could call it a disappointing senior bowl week in game as a whole. Tell tell me who that is. We'll start with him. And then um, I want to tell you just some of the things I heard this past week. All right. So Devontae Walker right off the back. Um, he's in the top. Well, he's in this tier five. I don't know if he's not necessarily the top. He's just the first guy I've listed. Um, yeah. Scott, ton of speed. Ton of ability to be in the right place at the right time, but the execution has been what's been lacking yeah. um, this year with North Carolina. Um, we saw a couple drops, and then in the Senior Bowl during practices, during the game, constantly in the right spot, but just not able to bring the ball in. Whether that's because he just couldn't get his hands, both hands up late uh, when he's going through contact, like he's just getting his second hand stuck on the defender he couldn't get it up in time to bring in the ball and you can't catch the ball down the field with one hand all the time it's not going to work so you know just that execution was kind of lacking it was really disappointing too because i was a really big fan of Devontae walker coming into the senior bowl i still like his talent i have him here in tier five with some other good wide receivers but it, it took him out of tier four for me i will say yeah, and, you know, it wasn't all his fault at the Senior Bowl, too. During the game, there was a lot of passes that were just not on point from a multitude of different quarterbacks. Sam Hartman especially, really not helping his draft stock after the Senior Bowl, I don't think. Um, so just kind of bummed, but uh, we got another, got a couple other wide receivers in here, too. Guys that I like one, the other one I'm kind of meh on. <laughs> you know which is which. I think I do. So Keon Coleman, next guy up out of Florida State. We've talked about him on the last podcast, actually. Um, some of the concerns that we have with his inconsistent contested catchability. And if he had that locked down, he would not be in this tier. He'd be a tier up, I think, because he does have a lot of raw athleticism. I think he's a little um, raw, to use that word again, at wide receiver. He doesn't really have the technicality finish where he can create a lot of separation. Sometimes he creates separation, but it's more so because of his athleticism than his technique and route running. And when he's not creating separation, he's going to have to win those contested catches. And with a 33% contested catch rate in 2023, it just wasn't consistent enough for me to make that really like his top strength and to make me believe in that to be able to translate to the next level consistently. So he falls into this tier uh, with these wide receivers. We have a lot of potential, but with some question marks. And then Xavier Leggett is the next guy I have up who you look at the film and I would probably have this guy as a first rounder. He's coming out of his fifth year. We do have the question mark. Why did it take him five years to break out? And not just like, oh, he's older. He's older, so that means we don't like him. That's not what it is. It's the fact that he did nothing, nothing for four years, Mike. Nothing. And then finally came out. uh, Had a great, great year for South Carolina this year. Was the wide receiver one with Antoine Wells going out with injury for most of the season. And really showed up from week one. uh, Just 
a good player that I really like. His athleticism, his contested catchability, he's he's good. But just the question mark of is it just because he was older and bigger than everybody else? I mean, it's the SEC, so there's obviously a ton of talent there, a lot of, of competition. Course. But just just a question, just a question. Keep them down. A valid, yes. a valid question. Yep. And then at the running back position, um, one of maybe the only player in this tier that you could say is not a faller, actually a riser, uh, Bucky Irving out of Oregon, someone I know we're real big fans of here at the Dynasty Rewind. We love his elusiveness, his receiving ability, his ability to create yards himself. Um, And he's good through contact as well. You know, for being a little bit of a smaller running back, his good contact balance. I like what I've seen from him. And in this wide open running back class, I have him as my RB too. So he fits into this tier, Mike. I would completely agree with that. Definitely another follower here, though, after him. Yep. Michael Penix Jr., um, who I've – I think we talked about it last podcast as well when we were going to the rookies. Yeah. I have this guy – you know, Peg is a second-round pick. I know that some people want to put him in the first. And I understand quarterback is a valued position. But the, the medicals, they just don't check out. The four season-ending injuries, when you're about to invest a first-round pick in a in, – what you're expecting to be a franchise quarterback – and for the six years that he played, he did not finish the season. That is a worry. Uh, he hasn't even hit the NFL yet. I like Michael Penix. I like what he brings to the table, but not enough to have him pegged as a first rounder. If he gets first one draft capital, I will certainly adjust. But until then, I have him here in the tier five, Mike. And I completely agree with that at this point. I do. Um, but I also agree with the fact that you should hang on real quick. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. All right, welcome. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Back, everyone. So, Nate, you have one more tier for us. I do. And there's a guy on here we were talking about a little bit last night. I'm still uncertain. I want to watch a little bit more. But why don't you kick it off with us? I think right now he might just be a really good college-wide receiver, but I want to watch some more. What do you got? Yeah. Uh, Perhaps the biggest riser from the Senior Bowl was Roman Wilson Mm, out of Michigan. And Roman Wilson – you know, Michigan wasn't a very high-powered offense, especially through the passing game. He only saw 67 targets this year. He was their wide receiver one. Caught 48 passes for 789 yards and 12 touchdowns. So he was very productive in the touchdown category. Yeah, uh, Averaged 16.4 yards down the catch. Created a lot of big plays. And that's what Roman Wilson did at the Senior Bowl, too. He constantly created deep separation. He was getting open and creating big plays. And the NFL loves that. Uh, you know, NFL saw Tank Dell do that last year at the Senior Bowl. And I don't think Roman Wilson is the next Tank Dell. Tank Dell was very, very impressive this year. But I think it's definitely something to take notice of. I think with Roman Wilson's per- productive week at the Senior Bowl, I think he's locked himself into a day two pick. And because of that, we need to pay attention. Um, you know, he's, he's certainly not a bad wide receiver. Um, for me, watching the film, he doesn't come off, doesn't jump off the film as much as these other wide receivers. But I think you're getting a really solid um, NFL wide receiver. What what he brings to the table, and at six foot one ninety two, he's not undersized. He's got good size as well. 
and he's played in the pro system for you know his career. He's been at Michigan for four years, and Jim loved him. So um, I'm happy with Roman Wilson here. I think he's going to get that draft capital that will show us why he belongs here in Tier 6. Future Charger. All right, so next <laughs> up we got the best hands in the class. Jalen Polk. Mike, I, I know you're a pretty big fan of Polk, aren't you? I am. I just really, really like what he brought to the table. I feel like he was a overshadowed at Washington by Roma Dunze, and rightfully so. Yeah. Um, but if he was somewhere else, I think he could have been the alpha on a college team. I don't know if he's necessarily going to be a wide receiver one on an NFL team. But if he's a wide receiver two in the ilk of a Devonta Smith or T. Higgins, if that's his ceiling. Ooh, wow, that's quite the ceiling. I mean, that's still a high ceiling but if his ceiling is 850 yards and seven touchdowns a year gabe davis yeah gabe davis Maybe is a little really bit good. more consistent though yeah i would like some more consistency but i just, i love his hands love his hands i i just i really like him yeah he's he's certainly one of the better contested catch guys in this this that draft is. class and really strong hands i think the nfl is gonna like that um seems like he's coming off the board in a lot of mock drafts in the second round so I think he's going to be someone we're also having to pay attention to uh, because, you know, he's not able to fit all three things in that triangle I talked about earlier. But yeah. his contested catchability is so good that NFL teams are going to want to take a chance on him, put him into their lineup, and have him be that guy, that contested guy, guy for their team. So Julian Polk, another guy we got to talk about. And then let's round it off, Mike. Um, I actually ended up with the top 26 because we had to add Bo Nix. Here are three running backs to round it off. Marshawn Lloyd, who love I absolutely defense. love. Incredible receiver, had an incredible senior bowl. A good runner as well. Got great lateral ability. Can make people miss. Force yards after contact as well. Checks a lot of boxes for me at USC and barely had any tread um, taken off his tires. There you go, Mike. I <laughs> now understand the how tires work. <laughs> You're, aren't you so proud of me? You lose tread as you drive. Yeah, so he's still got a lot of tread left on time. It's okay because I learned from you that rising waters sink ships or something. It's rising waters raise all ships. Oh. That's not the saying, but that's how it's Technically, rising it. waters could sink ships too if the water is rising fast enough and there's a leak in the hull. But that's for another time anyway. Leaky boat. Um, yeah. Um, a guy that doesn't have as much tread on his tires, maybe. Uh, Ray Davis out of Kentucky. He's had a lot um, of carries. He's had a lot of carries. He's been at three different colleges as well. That definitely uh, doesn't help in that category. But the consistency that he's shown me over those five years, what he did for Kentucky this year, and not just as a runner, not as just a guy who can run up the middle and get you those hard yards, but as a receiver. He was out there wanted, running wheel routes. He made some plays down the field as a receiver. And that's not honestly what you expect out of him when you first take a look at him. He's a thick running back. I think he's like 5'10", yeah. um, like 220 yeah. pounds. He, you, you look at this picture and he like, doesn't really have a neck because you're scared to tackle him. He's like a little bowling ball out there. But he can catch the ball as well. So I really like Ray Davis. Um, hoping my heart doesn't get broken on draft day. But he had a really good senior bowl, so I don't think so. I think the NFL is going to be a fan of Ray Davis. And then, Mike, the last one I got on here, I can't. Hate him enough to avoid him. I, I like the upside that he brings, but he does have some question marks for me. Um, Trey Benson out of Florida State. Yeah. All the athletic ability you could ask for. Um, it's just, the for me, the vision he lacks. And because of that, if he goes to a place where he's asked to kind of create his own opportunities, 
I don't think he's going to do very well. If he goes to a place where they're going to let him put his foot in the ground and get up the field quickly, I think he could do very well um, if they keep it simple for him. So I think for Trey Benson, it's going to be a guy that's going to really rely on landing spot for me. And until then, he's going to sit down here in tier six. When there's something impressive about Ray Davis, Ray Davis, his average yak is 10.8. I will say running backs do have a lot of yak because a lot of times they're getting the ball behind the line of scrimmage. Well, yeah, his A dot is 0.4. You know so, what? For a running back to have an A dot past the line of scrimmage, that's decent. You look at Braylon Allen's A dot, I'm pretty sure it's a couple yeah. yards negative. Yeah. But I love love these rankings. I love where your head's at. Um I don't disagree on a lot, to be honest with you. It just Ben Senate I'd have in there. That's yeah. pretty much it. I mean, everything else looks really good. So Thank neat. You. I, appreciate it. I love this. Like, like we said, to reiterate, we do tiered rankings, um, just kind of better for us. And mm-hmm. we think it gives a, a kind of a better picture for you guys as well. So um really excited about this 2024 draft class. And if you want more 2024 draft coverage, patreon.com forward slash dynasty rewind. We're going to have mocks all the time. You heard on the last pod, we have our own ADP now. So come yeah. help contribute to the ADP. Mock with us. We're mocking multiple times a day. It's going to be a great time. So we hope to see you there. For Nate, I'm Mike. We'll see you next time, everybody. All right, everyone. That is going to do it for us this week. But if you're headed to a game, make sure you check out SeatGeek.com. It's your one-stop shop for all things live events. It offers the best price available. Use the promo code DynastyRewind. You'll get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Don't forget, if you want to play some best ball, head on over to Underdog. It's the easiest buy-in in fantasy football. And it's not having to worry about setting your lineups, man. That's what it's all about. So, again, underdog.com. Use the promo code REWIND. A 100% match on your first deposit up to $100. Visit our store over at payhip.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind. That's where you find our roster reviews. That's where you find all of our manuals and everything like that. Head on over there now. Grab some merch at spreadshop.com. Link is down below. And we want to see you in our community. And that is patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind. But... Until next time, everybody, for my faithful co-hosts, Chev Nooney and Nate Christian, I'm your host, Michael Bauer. Be kind. Please rewind. Thank you for listening.